Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan. You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by JohnnyTShirt.com, Auburn 97, Carolina 80. Sherelle, we can talk about the flu. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. The bottom line is Auburn came in and flat out whipped North Carolina in the Sweet 16. That's exactly what happened. I mean, uh, we talked about a few things in this game, but it, it came down to, I asked Greg, I said, is it that simple? that if Auburn is nailing their threes, that North Carolina can't compete. And if they're not, North Carolina should be able to hold their own in the glass and get out in transition and score. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Auburn ended up 17 of 37 from three. We said if they were 15 of 30, something like that, then it was going to be tough for North Carolina to win. And they were right at their average of 45% in the tournament. Um, it, it needed to have been more of a 10 of 40 type game for North Carolina to withstand it. And then, the fact that most of it came in the second half, you know, North Carolina was only down two at halftime and then Auburn just hit them with, I think four straight threes and the game was over just that quick. North Carolina got it back down to eight, maybe at some point, but after that, you know, it was just too much from Auburn. So it was interesting because I think North Carolina's chance to kind of get ahead of this and have a lead when they started hitting the threes, they couldn't take advantage of it because Auburn was much better than we expected on the glass, specifically the offensive glass. So, North Carolina's chance to to get out to a lead, they didn't take advantage of. And because of that, when Auburn's st- shots did start falling, um, you know, North Carolina got down by as much as 19. Yeah, looking at the second half stats, and I'll focus on them totally. Auburn, 64% from the field, second half, uh, 12 for 18 from three in the second half. If they could shoot free throws, they'd have won by a lot more. Uh, what gets me for Auburn, though, and, and like you talked about, uh, they had – I mean, only 10 offensive rebounds. It sure felt like a lot, lot more than that. And I think that was the key in the first half that really kept Carolina from getting any traction is Auburn kept getting second chances. And I talked about in the podcast yesterday that Carolina had to defend, but they also had to finish possessions. And whenever they gave Auburn a second chance, the Tigers usually cashed in. And even when they didn't, they forced North Carolina into maybe a, a foul that wasn't necessary or – you know, a lost possession that would come back to get them. But, I, I mean, look, we said it, and you just said it there. If Auburn shot 45, 40 to 45 to 50% from three-point range, they were going to win regardless, and they were 17 of 37. They were legit against North Carolina, and the difference maker was Okiki. And, of course, he goes down in a heap late, and that did not look good. Um, so it doesn't spo- bode well for their future, but – I was surprised, and I say all that to say this, I was surprised how Auburn exposed every North Carolina flaw that we've probably talked about on this podcast throughout the year, whether it's dribble drive penetration, leaving three-point shooters open, um, giving up a few long rebounds. I mean, they seem to expose every single one of those maybe flaws, if you want to call them that, throughout the ball game tonight. Uh, for sure. And I think one thing we didn't really anticipate was just how deep Auburn was. I mean, I'm looking at the stats now and see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys who played at least 12 minutes. If you look on the North Carolina side, there are basically six guys who played at least 12 minutes. And of those uh, six guys, you've got uh, 
Kenny Williams up at 34, Kobe White up at 32. And the pace was so quick. I think actually the, the, you know, they wore down North Carolina a little bit, honestly, and not because it was an up and down game, but just, you know, the, the little full court press here, the chasing off the screens, all that stuff starts to add up. And it's not an excuse, but it did look like some of the guys maybe weren't 100%. Again, not an excuse, just something that you notice, like Cam Johnson didn't look 100%. Nas Little definitely didn't look 100%. Even Kobe White, to some degree, didn't look um, 100%. So, uh, you know, that's part of it. But in the end, when you give up 56 points in the second half, you're going to lose. I don't care if you're playing Golden. Maybe you'll lose to Golden State. I'll take that back. But if you give up 56 points in the second half, you're going to lose. And we've we've talked about it again all year ad nauseum. You know, when North Carolina defends well, it wins. And when it doesn't, it typically doesn't. Um, you know, I, one thing I'm, I was surprised by, and it's hard to complain about offense when you score 80 points, but it was so hard for North Carolina to score, it seemed like, for – stretches uh just because um the way that the guards greg talked about it yesterday in in the preview the way the guards were kind of getting into kobe made him a little bit uncomfortable and um, i think that had a big big impact on the game as well cam johnson really never got going it was just one of those games where um north carolina had a chance to stretch the lead out early and they weren't able to and they gave their opponent a little confidence and that confidence just kind of steamrolled on them in the second half yeah, once they started hitting shots, it was tough for Carolina to to do anything. Um, let's talk a little bit about, and again, you're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by johnnytshirt.com, certainly on Franklin Street or online. Johnny T-Shirt, best place to get Carolina gear. Uh, you know, 10% off for our premium subscribers. If you're not getting or taking advantage of that 10% off, you're missing out. It's certainly a way to save money on everything, everything everything Carolina you could ever want. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the end of the ball game, Sherelle. And this is one thing, and I wanted to get your opinion, and I'm certainly going to ask Dewey about it. Dewey was at the game um, hanging out with Tyler Hansbro, and he said it's hectic there, so he can't join us tonight. Maybe he'll uh, either come in later in the podcast or I'll get up with him later in the week. But I've never been the one to talk about timeouts with Roy Williams. And, you know, it is what it is. but I think this was huge in this ball game, and it felt to me like he almost conceded. And I tweeted that um, Carolina has got it to ten points, and I think it's roughly seven minutes left. And Cam Johnson and Luke May are sitting on the sidelines at the scores table, and they just sit and burn for two minutes, two plus minutes or so. I, I just thought, if you know, if you're going to use a timeout ever. That's the time to do it to get your best players in because I thought Auburn might be vulnerable at that point. And I felt like if Carolina could get it to five, maybe they would tighten up. Uh, maybe the poor free throw shooting that they had been suffering would, you know, make an effect on the ball game. And they just sat. Did that surprise you at all? Yeah, it was a little surprising. I, I think maybe, you know, he thought there were, a foul was going to be committed or there'll be a stoppage because it, it was a pretty long run of uninterrupted basketball. Usually something happens where, you know, the ball goes out of bounds or somebody tips it or something. Um, but, yeah, I was a little surprised, and maybe it's because he had to call a timeout earlier in the second half when Auburn came out and I think hit those three straight threes and got the lead up to 12. Um, maybe he didn't, uh, uh, you know, want to use it at that point. Um, I can't really say. it. Like I said, it was surprising. I, I would have expected – um, I would have expected him to try to get those guys in somehow, whether it was uh, Leakey or uh, somebody, Kenny taking a foul or something just to get him in there. So that, that was a little surprising. 
Yeah, that was it. Maybe I'm making a bigger deal of it than it is, but it was a little yeah. baffling to me. It, I just, it's I, just, it, yeah. I mean, it it was it was, and it was down to ten. But I, I mean, the game it it really was over. I mean, it, it just the way they were shooting, there was just no way North Carolina was going to come back against that team, even down ten, even with a little momentum on their side. You know, when guys start hitting bank threes, who average three points <laughs> yeah, a game, right. you know, and when when a guy who averages three points a game, you know, is up around fifteen. Jared Harper had 11 assists. They just they played for them pretty much the perfect game, and they've done it two games in a row. Um, they weren't very good against New Mexico State in the second half, but I think maybe winning that propelled them into the Kansas game where they played pretty much you know perfect. And then again in this game, they didn't play great in the first half, but they kept themselves in it and had a lead. And then once those threes started going, it's just there's not much you can do when a team shoots that well and, and they're making um, so many threes. I think they only had four at halftime, so they made. Was that thirteen in the second half? I think just, they were twelve for eighteen from three in the yeah, second half. Yeah, so there's just there's there's you're not going to win when a team hits twelve threes and a half. It's just I'm sure whatever the splits are, I'm sure they're ridiculous. That the team that hits twelve threes and a half wins probably eighty five to ninety percent of the time. So you know, yeah. it's just you just you yeah. I know everybody's searching for answers, and um, it's very simplistic to say, well, they hit threes, so they won. But I mean, I can't. Carolina didn't play great. But in the end, if you have to take one thing and say, why did Auburn win? Well, it's because they hit 17 threes. One thing that I thought was, you know, and I don't want to belabor the point, but it's kind of like things I, th- I think about watching the game. And, you know, one of our other um, folks that we talk to on the regular doesn't like how Bruce Pearl acts or whatever on the sidelines. I don't mind how he acts on the sidelines. I don't like coaches that are really like five feet on the court all the time. Pearl right. doesn't do that a ton, but. And it's kind of comical watching him get worked up. But I thought one thing that he did, and I felt like it was noticeable, is they started driving the ball midway the first half rather than taking contested deep threes. And they were able to, like I said earlier, expose Carolina in that way and get to the rim. Uh, Your thoughts on that maybe adjustment that, that they made. And it's not anything that Roy Williams didn't do. It's just that. You know, Carolina's always had trouble with that type of approach from opposing guards. And not only were they able to drive it, they were able to finish around the rim. And if they didn't, then they got those offensive rebounds. I thought that was a big, big point in the first half when that sort of adjustment was made. I'm not sure if it was a coaching adjustment or just something that the the players figured out on the floor. But North Carolina definitely came into the game and altered their defensive approach because you could see they did not want to get beat from three. And so guys were driving by them you know, pretty much the entire first half. And I think that contributed to the offensive rebounds. You know, we have um, a little, you know, group chat in um, Slack talking to Rob Harrington. And his point was that North Carolina's defense was so spread out because they wanted to stop threes. It was very difficult to get back and and cover that much space on the defensive uh, glass. So that was one of the reasons that Auburn ended up with, they might've had seven or eight offensive rebounds in the first half. That's one of the reasons they were missing most of their threes. They missed 11 threes in the first half. And, um, North Carolina was so spread out that it was easy for Auburn, who's a very athletic team, to just kind of go hunt for the ball. So um, I, I think that was definitely part of it. And then, like you said, they their eyes kind of lit up a little bit when they realized, oh, you know, every shot doesn't have to be a three. And Harper, he's so quick. He may not, he's not he's – not, uh, I wouldn't call him like a track star as far as going north and south, but he's so quick laterally that he was able to get by Kobe. And once they start slinging the ball – it looked like the San Antonio Spurs against the Miami Heat uh, in one of those playoffs. I think it was maybe 2014, maybe 15, something like that, where 
every single shot was a three and every single shot seemed like it was had, you know, three or four passes before it where the shooter was wide open. I mean, there were at least five or six threes where there wasn't a Carolina defender within three or four feet um, of the shooter. So it was just a team who was on. And when you face a team that's on, you know, Carolina's done it to teams many a time. But when you face a team like Auburn, who's on, and they're very difficult to beat. And again, 56 points in the second half, you know, you're not going to win. Yeah. Auburn, five for 19 from three in the first half. They shot 47% overall, 26% from three, and they were winning. Uh, they were 0 for three from the free throw line. They were winning. And, uh, and you know, at, at halftime, I think Carolina fans were like, well, you know, Carolina didn't play that well, and they're only down two. But if you look at the other side, Auburn did nothing that they do well, um, you know, at, at a high rate in the first half, and they were still winning. That probably should have sent out some alarm, you know, alarm bells for Carolina fans because, you know, they, they started making their shots at the rate they usually do, and that was it. So, Sherelle, Carolina's season now over. A lot to, you know, a lot will be lost. Cam, Kenny, and Luke are all seniors, I'm sure. As we speak now, the press conferences are getting fired up after the game. It's it's not going to be pretty um, for Carolina fans to see those guys go out. But your thoughts just briefly overall. We'll recap the season as it marinates a little bit later in the week or the first part of the following week. But, you know, is it a, a sudden, unexpected ending or is it, you know, kind of a, you know, it's Carolina tournament basketball. Crap like this happens all the time. I mean, you've yeah. watched them a long time. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> you're you not going to win your last game more often than not. The the percentages are overwhelming. We say you're going to lose uh, 85 to 90% of your last games. Uh, it's just the way the tournament works, the championship format works. And we've, like you said, we've seen it happen to North Carolina quite a few times where um, just somebody comes out and bombs threes or somebody has the game of their life. Um, and then maybe the next game, they're not quite as uh, elevated as they were <laughs> against North Carolina. Um, but, I, you know, anyone who tells you this season was not a success, I think is, you know, kind of being a prisoner in the moment. Because if you think about, you know, entering the season, you know, we thought North Carolina could be good, but there were a lot of question marks. I mean, it seems crazy to say now, but there were question marks about whether Kobe White was good enough to start over Seventh Woods. There were questions about whether or not uh, Cam Johnson could take his game to the next level and that it was healthy. There were all sorts of questions. And to win 29 games, you know, to uh, tie for the ACC regular season title, um, anytime you do those two things, I think it's been a successful season. They probably came up about two games um, shorter than where they really wanted to. I think it goes from a really good season to a great season if they're able to win two more games. But um, I, I find it hard to be too upset um, about the overall view. Now, in, in the short-term view, yeah, you would have liked to have seen them play better tonight and have a chance on Sunday to go to the Final Four. But I think as you look back and, you know, when we get to 2023 and 2024 or whatever, you look back and you'll people will have good memories of this team just because of how hot they got from uh, basically that Louisville game towards the end of the, to until the end of the season. Yep. Big run from Carolina from that Louisville game ends abruptly. Auburn 97-80. Sherelle, it's been a pleasure. This is our last post-game podcast of the year, man. It's crazy. We'll talk of plenty because there's some recruiting we need to talk about at some point soon. Uh, For but, sure, and and, th- and I was going to say, not to interrupt you, but that's where it goes next. I mean, um, unfortunately, this business is is a 365-day-a-year uh, type deal, 
So North Carolina, Roy Williams is going to, it's going to hurt. He's going to get home and then he's going to maybe take a day and they'll get back out and start recruiting and go from there. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to make sure we said the names Luke May, Kenny Williams and Cam Johnson on here because um, the overall conversation over the next few weeks is going to be how can North Carolina replace those three guys? And as I've said on this podcast several times, the fact that North Carolina is talking about having to replace those three guys says that they will be okay because those guys weren't, um, they, you know, people wanted them, but they weren't the level of recruit that North Carolina is used to getting. And so the fact that they have become key contributors, the fact that, um, you know, they were so vital to what North Carolina did shows that North Carolina can develop talent and shows that ultimately I think it'll be fine. Indeed. Carolina loses in sweet 16 to Auburn recruiting season. Time to fire up. Shirelle will get busy talking to us, covering that for Inside Carolina. Don't miss out. InsideCarolina.com, JohnnyT-shirt.com. Certainly um, will provide you any of the gear you need. Spring football is still going on. It's April 13th the big day for Mac Brown's Tar Heels there. But, Sherelle, we'll talk again soon, man. But post-game will have to be next year. I appreciate all you've done for this podcast over the year. Oh, yeah, we've enjoyed it, man. We, we and you have good talks at, at 1130 and didn't get up and go to work at 6 o'clock. So it's always fun. I, indeed it is uh I, I will get some sleep at some point maybe <laughs> maybe later but it's it's been fun man i appreciate everything and uh that'll do it for this edition guys thank you for listening and look for us again soon we're talking about the future the next time we talk thanks thanks for listening to another podcast from insidecarolina.com brought to you by johnnytshirt.com where to go for your next tar heel gear purchase